Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Join me in celebrating Women's History Month. On March 27th, I'm hosting a special virtual event for her by her presented by Fiverr. We'll be spotlighting and interviewing some of the most successful female business owners and their experiences with Fiverr. In the U.S., women are driving growth, and each year that percentage increases. Women-led startups have more than doubled since 2020, and from 2019 to 2023, women-owned businesses' growth rate outpaced the rate of men's in new businesses, employment, and revenue. In this panel discussion, you'll hear from top female business owners who have not only started their own companies, but cater to women through their products and services. Don't miss out. Head to bossproject.com slash RSVP and save your seat for this empowering event created by women for women. It's free to attend. I can't wait to see you there. That's bossproject.com slash RSVP. This message is sponsored and brought to you by Fiverr. So between 6 and 10.30 this morning, I have had more people in my yard than like, so so many people so early in the morning so many people (laughs) it started with jared at 6 a.m apparently cleaning the pool but before eight my mother-in-law was here the nurse was here to help d and then by nine my yard was full of the cutest little group of elderly women who are super invested in gardening and jared (laughs) was Showing them around and doing a little garden tour. Now, you keep saying garden tour. Is your house like one spot on a whole tour or is this just a tour of your backyard? I'd have to ask how this one was specifically set up. This is a dedicated, like they are, there's a garden society in a certain city in which D used to be a major part of and every summer they do garden tours but I think because they're mostly older that they tend to do like one or two on a certain day and then they'll have several throughout the summer gotcha the one we're doing in August as part of the water garden society tour we are one of like eight houses on the same day okay okay so that one's well, a bit more traditional. This one is like the casual, like kind of last minute situation gotcha. that happened. Well, they had to be there so early because it's so fucking hot outside. I know. It was supposed to start at, I think it was supposed to start at 10. And, no. and they're like up and at them, ladies. They're like, Let's we got to get started. A stroke. We got to get literally heat advisory right now in Kansas City. I know. And it's miserable. But they're cute because a lot of them came last year. And so we're like, it's amazing how much you've done in a year. And it's like, it's nice to get credit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, same, but not the same, had a, we, we also had a garden tour yesterday. Oh, really? But it was for our lawn service company came out for our annual 
yard audit. Oh. And they toured our yard oh, and told oh, us okay. about all of the things that were like. Did you doing- get that mold taken care of? Yeah. Oh my God. I have a story about that too. But so our garden tour, we have done a lot in our yard in the past you year. Have. We, you know, have some weird sloping issues. So we've done like this really nice retaining wall and a whole bunch of plants and then cleaned up a whole bunch in the front and then have done a lot in the back. We like laid actual sod and we have a lawn now where we did not have a lawn before and we've planted a whole bunch of trees. And then we have a huge hill that's part shade, but like nothing grass doesn't grow up there because there's two trees overhead. And so we basically like killed out all the grass and then have just been planting a bunch of part sun, part shade plants. And the hill is about halfway done because it just, it takes a lot. But they were out yesterday and they were like, you've done a lot since like, this looks so good. (laughs) I was like, oh, thank you. But they did tell us that. So we inherited six giant azalea bushes in our front yard and they are against our front porch. They're beautiful they bloom. When you like say a, inherited, you mean they were with the house when you They were with it? the house. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like a beautiful magenta petal. They're so gorgeous. They are like right in front of our front porch. So they act as like a privacy screen in front of our front porch because there's no like railing or anything. Love them. Apparently they have mold all over them because it's been so rainy leading up to this heat wave right. without sun and it's also been so hot, so it's been super humid that the water just haven't hasn't evaporated from the leaves like they should. And so there's like this white dusting over all the leaves. And if you flip the leaves, there's like black dots underneath. And so they were like, we can treat it for you, but like there's mold. And I was like, I got this. And so I actually texted your husband and was like, what should I put on these azalea bushes? And he said, go get neem oil. It's yeah. N-E-E-M. And I was yeah. like, got it. So I go to Home Depot. They have it in a spray. It's like an organic pesticide. I don't know if it's technically a pesticide if it's organic, but it like kills this fungus or whatever. And it's great. I'm like, awesome. So I read the directions. It's like thoroughly spray your bushes at dusk. Like it can't be too hot. It needs to be like when the sun is not out and you do it once every seven days until it's gone. And I'm like, all right, I got this. And since it's organic, I just like didn't put gloves on. I didn't put a mask on. It's just going to smell like a, like maybe a chemical or maybe like a kind of a weird smell. It's totally fine. It's like kind of breezy. I get a whiff. If you have never smelled neem oil, or neem oil, at least as a fungicide, I almost threw up. I almost threw, I gagged. And my mom was like, okay. So it's just like a chemical smell. Cause she was over. And I go, no, it's not really a chemical smell. How fucking smell this. It's a mix. It's so hard to describe. It's a mix of like a, it's really earthy, like a damp locker room (laughs) where someone also forgot like a strip of, of salmon. (laughs) <laughs> at the bottom of someone's locker with grass on it <laughs> and stagnant water all in one. It is the worst fucking smell I've ever smelled in my entire life. And so I'm outside at dusk, cars are driving by. I have my shirt pulled over my face like this and I'm spraying, 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 spraying. And I see like some like beetles on the thing. I'm spraying the beetles and they're like, ah, cause it stinks so bad it was traumatic and I have to do it again in a week. Well, just 
just stand away from the wind so it doesn't hit you in the face. And I definitely recommend wearing gloves. Why you and Jared don't wear gloves in appropriate glove wearing situations, I will never understand. I never wear gloves. I know, neither does he. And it Mm -hmm. is, but his excuse for not wearing gloves is... There has been, and it's true, so I mean, I can't, like, give him too much shit about it, but there is studies about getting your hands in dirt Mm. that there is microbes in the soil that actually act as a natural antidepressant. Oh, sure. And so he's like, I need to, like, physically be in the dirt and Mm. because it makes me feel good. And I'm like, yes. And like mine air trimming is, sticker bushes, like I mean, yeah, maybe work mine well. is much simpler than that. It's oh shit, I'm been working for an hour and a half and I forgot to put on my gloves. So what's the point now? That's me. I mean, I just yes, don't remember. but I, I mean, he's also I think like you, and then he just like jumps into it and mm-hmm. he doesn't, mm-hmm. and so he, that's yeah. his excuse. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got our nails done the other day, though. And you so, did. Can you hear my clicky clacky nails? Yeah. And so I did wear gloves while we were planting this yeah. weekend because I was like, I don't want my fresh nails to get all messed up. Yeah. But I want someone to invent a pair of garden gloves that is scientifically proven to not get dirty on the inside. Because to me, there's no fucking point in gloves if I'm going to put these motherfuckers on and when I take them off, there's still dirt all up in my nails. Because why would I wear gloves? So make them. Where they stay clean on the inside. Well, I don't know because my problem is less about the dirt and more about how instantly sweaty I get mm-hmm. wearing gloves. Mm-hmm. And then if you touch wet dirt or wet mulch that They're like, all it wet. soaks through it's all and then it also gets wet. Now, granted, I don't wear like regular garden gloves. I typically wear like the, I think they're like nylon dipped. I don't know. They're like kind of rubbery on one side and then like yeah on the other yeah and those work better than the like traditional garden gloves that are just cotton and do literally nothing do nothing nothing. Um, well because the problem is is that gloves designed for men are more water resistant and more durable but they're not small enough for our lady hands because they don't think we need fucking weatherproof gloves you can i have found recently like leathery ones mm-hmm. for women but I'm like I would literally be sweating I would be so sweaty. so hot yeah so I'm yeah. like can you make them like actually waterproof yeah. but not like but vent somehow because yeah, yeah. it's an external vent nothing is allowed inside exactly and make them small enough because I still even have I no, just have the, wild, they're, like, they're still too big they're still too big well, that's it's my mostly it's mostly gloves. the length. Like yeah. I think my fingers are way longer than they are. Why? Why? Have they ever actually measured a female hand? No, I'm so they confused. haven't. They literally haven't. <laughs> I went down this is totally unrelated and we're not going to talk about it for very long. We could save it for next time too. I went down a TikTok rabbit hole the other day about how <laughs> So if you want to talk about the male gaze and the female gaze and how men truly do not understand women at all. This is the start of a whole another podcast. It was an entire article about how men are so fucking confused about women's attraction to Pete Davidson and why so many like (laughs) hot women date him. And I'm like, Oh, I could tell you, I could tell you the fact that you don't get it. The girls who, who girl, girl, it's all just, you know, (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) Okay. So today, what are we even talking about today? I forgot. (laughs) We are, I want to be focused on what does it look like to remove yourself from the parts of the business that you should remove yourself from? What parts should you never remove yourself from? And what are the like parts you're ignoring as opportunities to remove yourself from? Mm -hmm. And a part of this is just simply, I see the theme that you get to a certain point in your business Mm -hmm. and you've been successful. You hit that first six figures, maybe even hit this, your second six figures and you're in that like $200,000 range. And you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. People are like, I'm done. I like the amount of people who want to just like give up when it's really starting to get traction is baffling to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to focus on you first need to listen to episode 653, where we talked about what does a CEO actually do? Yes. And I think part of the reason why, like when you give up these kind of things in your heart of hearts, you want to lean more into the CEO. Yes. And you have, you've blocked your calendar. You're still doing so much, but you don't know what you're supposed to be doing in that time. So first understand how you should be spending your CEO time actually. But once you listen to that episode, you're going to be like, holy fucking shit, that's a full-time job because it is. And so it will give you motivation to do what we're talking about today the right way. Right. Because if you're more clear on what you need to be doing as the leader of your company, then you are going to see opportunities within your company to, you are going to need to delegate. Yep. You are going to need to give things up. You are going to need to hire appropriately. And when you get your business off the ground, and even when you get to like the first six figures and even the second six figures, you are still holding on to so many roles that are not Mm -hmm. necessarily core to your actual skill set. Well, and you're probably still focused on just continuing to land more clients. Yes. That's what you need, even though you have zero time to fulfill on those things. Yeah. Like, why do you think more clients is always the solution? It's not, by the way. Like, half the people who say they need more clients literally could not take on a single more client if they wanted to. You don't have any more time to give, baby. So like, how do we get your time back so that you can maybe even entertain scaling? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think the interesting conversation here is so many people that I see one of two camps happening and I don't agree with either of them personally. (laughs) So either you get on the train that you should just you get to a certain point in your business and you should just completely remove yourself from it and you should let other people run your company and you should completely move yourself out of a job. So that's one camp. I'm not going to talk about why for a minute. <laughs> the, <laughs> the other camp I see is you make a list of everything you hate, everything you hate to do. And you're like, you know what? I should really... Hire someone never did this. I should just either never do this part or I should hire someone to do everything I hate doing in my mm-hmm, business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. First, what? First <laughs> what? 
Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Today's podcast is sponsored by Squarespace, the only all-in-one website platform we use and recommend to our clients. Squarespace makes it easy to create beautiful websites, engage with your audience, and sell your products and services all in one place. Visit squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace has professional website templates with designs for nearly every category and use case. Start with a flexible template, then customize it to fit your unique needs. With Squarespace extensions, you can connect your website to vetted third-party tools to fully customize your website exactly the way you want it. Whether you sell services, products, or digital items, Squarespace has the tools you need for your online store. You can now host your videos on Squarespace and show them on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your videos with member areas. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash boss project. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. Uh huh. Okay, so let me give you a little bit of a hug and say like, I get it. I understand. Like, I know that the reasons these things come up is because you're just so drained and tired and frustrated and you want a goddamn break. And like, I get that. But like, 
my concern is both of these can lead to very, very toxic work environments. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for you they, and for your team. Exactly. <laughs> for you and for your team. And so I want to help you create a healthy, equitable work environment where you can do what you do best mm-hmm. and continue to grow the company and still be involved. And if you eventually decide you want to train yourself out of a job, that's fine. But I think most people who are saying they want to do that are way too early and they're not well, even remotely like that, close That's to not actually what you want. And no. if you need someone to give you permission that it's 100% okay for you to design a job for yourself that you then go to work to and you do the job, that's absolutely okay. It can still be on your schedule. It can still be, what does CEO mean to you? But like you can design yourself a CEO job and then do that job. Like you know that, right? That's okay. You don't always have to be the worker bee in your service-based business for your position to be valid. And you also don't have to only have the goal of being completely out of your business, go gallivanting across the country for you to be a successful business owner. Right. Like there is I other think the motivation. Options. I think the motivation is coming from a place of either desperation or you think there's no way you can make your lifestyle work right. with your business model. You still have a job. <laughs> and you can absolutely scale a business that's still lifestyle driven. You can have it make more money. You can have it take less of your time. And all of that's still possible within the confines of what you've already done today. I want to help you figure out, you've gotten to this point. How can we take advantage of what's already working and identify opportunities for you to pour into other people? Mm -hmm. And what I didn't see for myself even a year ago was... I knew my position in the company wasn't just, you know, the CEO stuff. Like it wasn't just leadership. I knew I was doing day-to-day activities in the business, but I wasn't necessarily in doer roles anymore. So I was personally confused of like, was this just part of leadership or Mm. is this something I could actually eventually delegate. And so I think let's start with the people though, that are still in the weeds. Okay. Imagine you're running a business, you hit six figures, maybe you even hit 250, but you are a hundred percent or 90% involved with client delivery. What's next for them? Burnout. Okay. If you change nothing. If you change nothing, for sure. So I think what can happen, I don't suggest going zero to 60, totally removing yourself from the service. If you are, if you've a hundred percent been client delivery or even 90% client delivery today, like completely taking yourself out of client delivery in the next year is a really bad idea. (laughs) Yep. But I definitely think you can get help. I definitely think you can get support so that you can focus on what you do best and what your actual zone of genius is. The parts that you're like avoiding (laughs) Uh are generally signs 
of opportunities for yeah. you to train or get people in the place where they really shine in that area. Well, and the, the thing that I find funny, the mistake that people make in this stage is, so they've found themselves in this position and they have a team, maybe one to two people, but those team people, like maybe one is in marketing and, and social media or lead gen or whatever that might be. And so you're just fueling the fire. You're not actually like creating solutions. And so you, who were the person who was responsible for getting the clients and then doing it and then growing the business now have all of those roles and more people that are getting you more clients. There's no one actually helping actually take things off your plate. Those people are just adding to your plate because even if you might do a little bit less of the outreach, which I don't actually think that's true. If you really were to look at what you're still doing, I guarantee you it's still your Rolodex, your relationships, your introductions, your connections that are really supporting that. They are just adding more prospects, leads, discovery calls, time for you to spend instead of things getting actually systematized and off your plate. And so if you find yourself in that situation where there's the people on your team are just adding to the problem, then we need to get people on your team who are doers, who can actually take the things that isn't your unique skill set or your unique spice to your client experience off your plate. Yeah. And now I want you to tell me, like, as in like, DM me, please tell me, what do you feel like you are ultimately best at? Because if you're owning all of the sales process and all of the client delivery process and all of the offboarding process, there is something that's falling through Mm -hmm. somewhere along the way. And I know for me, my inclination is to quote unquote, fill the funnel, like focus on sales because- Well, I was going to ask you, do you think that- for a sustainable business, longevity-wise, yeah. yeah, that a CEO can be a CEO and still be the best on their team at client delivery and sales? Or do you think that CEO kind of has to pick a lane of sales relationships, delivery, and clients? I... I think initially you're still required to do all of the above. Yes. I think you're going to naturally find yourself better at one or the other. I think you're either going to be a better salesperson or you're going to be better at client delivery, but probably still not all of client delivery. And it's probably just no, like I, an I aspect picture of- that person still as like the creative director of client delivery. Like, what does this look like? How do we orchestrate? What is this function? What are the standards that it needs to be? Yeah. No, without like putting y'all in a box, because I don't think that's helpful either. I kind of imagine a role in which you're still winning the clients, but not maybe not necessarily handling every bit of communication or setting up all the meetings. Like you're still like winning the sale and then you are in front of the show and that like you're the strategist, you're the lead creative, you're showcasing the direction and you are in some ways more of a manager, more in charge of operations. And then you're having support orchestrate the delivery, but I will say there are certain people I've had the conversation with that they don't like management as much as they anticipated. And so in some ways, 
I think if that's the case, then you may need to instead focus more on client delivery and instead like separate the sales aspect of, and then you might not be as much in management with as you are in, you're creating more of like a peer level relationship where you're like, yes, training, but they're more high level and Mm -hmm. don't require as much handholding. I think it's harder to do that in some cases because you have like such high expectations on people. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just picturing our clients and people we work with in the sense of like, are there some clients 100% who I think like their sales process could be completely offloaded eventually? Yes. If I think through all of our clients, Every single one is still involved in the sales process. Because in in my head, the majority of the people like when and the delivery, when they're doing the delivery, they're creating relationships for new clients. Like it's like, it's this cycle. They're still involved in sales and still Mm -hmm. involved in delivery. They're just no longer doing a hundred percent of it. Right. I don't know anyone that's completely walked away from one or the other successfully without, and and that's not entirely true. I guess we do have some clients that are doing it more agency style and they are slowly training themselves out of it. But I think the biggest challenge is when you started the business, your talents are what gained you the traction, mm-hmm. your strategies, your delivery, your experience. And so how do you train someone to fulfill at the same level? And I think the inclination is to, unfortunately, is to hire people that you see as, how do I put this? Like, potential prodigies like you could like Mm -hmm. train them to like you see a younger version of yourself in them Mm -hmm. and in for some skills or for some aspects of the business that makes sense you want a more junior person but in other areas of the business it doesn't always make sense to hire like a completely junior novice like a couple of years out of school person like sometimes you need someone with 10 years of experience that's this isn't their first rodeo, you know? Yeah. But it take like it takes money to do that. And so I think if we're looking at like who are your first or like first couple hires, like if you go from just you to five employees, I think you're probably gonna hire some kind of admin operations person and more doers. Mm-hmm which is still going to leave you in sales and delivery, but you're just not going to be in the weeds all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like to picture it as like, you then get to be like the bird's eye view over the departments of making sure that all of those pieces are in alignment with how you want your clients to be interacted with your standards, your expectations. Like you need to create those and communicate those, but like you're kind of the like, I don't want to say this because this is not what I mean. Cause I don't want you to be like feeling like you have to approve everything. But like, if you're setting the standards and expectations and they're meeting your seal of approval as they're pushing out to clients and as they're communicating with clients, I think your role shifts to more 
actually identifying what are the standards and what are the expectations so you can know that those are being fulfilled upon. Yeah. And part of this is doing it systematically, like, because some of it is, you know, standard operating procedure. And some of it is like, quality assurance Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. you have to make sure someone's meeting your expectations. And like, if you're going to send this to a client, how many people are spell checking it? How, like, what is the design up to your standards? Like, but those are going to vary from business to business. And I think there is absolutely ways to move you Yes, you're still going to be operating as CEO, but you can move into more of the creative director role where you are heavily involved in sales and heavily involved in client delivery, but at a new level Mm -hmm. that allows you to grow. I think eventually you can create a staff as big as you want. Mm -hmm. It's just a a matter of how much do you want to actually grow the business and what parts of the business do you want to be involved in long-term? Cause at this point I've worked myself out of most of my job. Like for sure. I still have CFO duties, mm-hmm. but like, but the number one thing that will help you and our listeners take on more clients is to have doers who can do client delivery. Yes. That's it. Well, and support you in the areas in which you're yeah, like I'm saying once you have the support and yeah. you've got and you're like, okay, but we're wanting to scale and to scale, we need more money. So we've like raised our prices, but in order to like to help more people I think, to serve I think, more clients. I, I think in terms of timeline, without me like saying this is absolutely the way it works for everyone, I think if you can start doing all the roles, if you were to first focus on operationally making sure every client is getting the same experience Mm -hmm. and delivery of the same experience, you're still going to own sales. I think sales is like one of the last pieces offload because it's so relationship focused. Yep. Yep. Like you're going to, it's a different ball game. Like, can you still sell someone else? Absolutely doing it. Who's not you, but like, you're just going to have to then talk to more people knowing you're converting less when like you literally might not have the time for a team member to do that. And you maybe don't even want to pay someone to do that. You might decide, well, hell, if I, if I know that they're going to be taken care of, I actually enjoy having these relationships. You know, I think the parts of the business that you might be resenting now are only because you're so tied in every single direction and you're feeling really strapped for time. But if you had the time, where would you shine best? Yep. This is my challenge for you. If you could design a CEO slash creative director role for yourself, what would that look like? What would yeah. you do? Literally tell us. Yeah, literally <laughs> tell us. On Instagram at Boss Project. I want to like share in this ideation with you. And I want you to truly start to craft a role that is equal parts CEO, creative director. And sometimes those parts might shift depending on if you're in a growth phase or a maintenance phase, right? But I feel like for most of the people we're talking to, regardless of the size of your business, it's hard to not sit in at least those two roles ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. So go DM us over on Instagram at Boss Project. Tell me your dreamy CEO slash creative director role. What would you be doing? How would that feel for you? Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. 
with thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com.